0: You are now listening to Creator Corner. Welcome to Creator Corner. I'm Mary. And I'm Dahlia. And today we're super excited to talk to the comedy duo behind Babes on Camera, Tyler and Spencer. Welcome to the pod.
1: Hey, thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you.
2: <laughs> yes we're super pumped about having you both on the podcast today um and typically we like to get started by doing some quick fire questions to get us in the mood for our conversation um so the first one that we have for both of you and you can answer individually um but what's been the craziest thing that you all have done to get a laugh from other from people
1: oh god <laughs> um Spencer, how many times have we shown your nipples in like <laughs> our stuff? Uh,
3: They're all—it's all over the web. Yeah, I forget. We, I mean, it's out there.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. We no, can't. Can't. It would have to be like well, we uh, our first. Well, not feature, our first most successful short is about a rapper mm-hmm. whose name is Young Coochie Sweat. So, <laughs> I think
1: yeah. that's probably the most egregious thing. Definitely, <laughs> yeah. by far. Uh, awesome. I think that even when we were pitching that short to people, it's like, you should watch this. You yeah. know, like, you want to, like, don't you want to watch some, like, yeah, watch someone, like, watch some coochie. I feel like some people were just like what is the what the fuck are you talking about sorry can we swear we're all to swear right <laughs> yes, yes yes okay yeah uh i'll never forget
3: my mom was like your movie was really good but i can't show it to anyone <laughs> 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 because of your character's name i rem- so, yeah,
1: yeah i, I remember because uh our first short um, the, I guess like our first really successful short to, uh, to Spencer's point was called Fantastic Beats Fantastic Beats, and Where to Find Them and this was our short that came out we filmed it right before the pandemic so this was probably 2019 and when the pandemic hit that's when we, we finished editing it um, and submitted to festivals and I didn't know how to talk about it to anybody else, especially in the film world a little bit, because especially, like, I could introduce us that like we were comedians, mm-hmm. but yeah, very much so. When you introduce people like, oh, what's your film about? We're just like, I'm like, how do I intellectualize this as much as possible? It's like, well, you know, it's about this creator it's that a high level mockumentary, it's a high level mockumentary. You know, there's multiple layers, you know, that it's, it's masculinity. It's tackling yeah, yeah. The, 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 like like men of color and like our the relationship to art form. And uh, but uh, for folks who don't know, yeah, it was a short that basically followed this 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 uh, this this rapper basically named Yankuchi Sweat who thinks he's God's gift to Earth, when in mm-hmm. reality he's just not that great of a rapper. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh It's
3: about a yeah a month in his life and it chronicles his uh yeah, his journeys befriending this filmmaker and film student played by Tyler and so seeing so their <laughs> relationship and how ego gets in the way of you know achieving your so it's really I like to think it's really sweet. It's also very ridiculous. Yeah <laughs> and So,
1: But yeah, and then when we started actually getting to so we've into some film festivals with it But even then so I remember so the we when we went to new filmmakers Los Angeles It was a virtual uh, film festival mm-hmm. and we were interviewed by someone that was on the Golden Globes uh, that, that was a, the voter for the Golden Globes and Her face, just trying to read the main character's name. (laughs) I just remember being on that Zoom call and was like, I'm like, oh man, like what's what? What what are we? (laughs) We had like some very serious. Like I remember we were paired up. With this film, I think it was from Iran, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. It was like this, like serious, super mm-hmm. serious sort of film about like and contemplations as far as like what's the role of like uh, like what's the role of women in their society or something like that. And meanwhile, we're just like, and this woman is just like, yeah. So and back to um, young coochie sweat. <laughs> we're just like, oh, right. good so god. That's <laughs> probably yeah the most um,
3: the most ridiculous thing thus far. Thus <laughs> far, yeah, thus far. far Don't can... count us out just yet. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I love that story, um, but that that's super interesting. I actually did see that, a like, couple of clips on that on YouTube, um, on your YouTube channel. Um, but the second question is, if you can collab with any other comedian or filmmaker, who would it be and why? Who?
1: Film school. If I could collaborate with anyone, I mean, I feel like that I one thing that I so I so Dahlia and I know each other from UC Berkeley right Um, and actually I studied molecular environmental biology right so I didn't come from film Mm. at at all Uh, Spencer and I met uh, we met while we were at Berkeley as well but we basically fell into our own creative path like we Mm. fell together basically because we needed room we needed roommates desperately coming upon graduation Mm. and slowly found out that we actually also really like comedy and also really hate Nine to five jobs, so um, it was through that that mutual synergy yes, that yes. we created <laughs> Babes on Camera. Uh, but I think over the course of time, when who do I like collaborating and who do I want to collaborate with? Honestly, like I just want. I think I like collaborating with the people that I have in my life most right now. Um, I think having Spencer. Um, throughout basically almost a decade through essentially and, it, and I feel like that I think a lot of things when even Spencer and I before I hopped on a podcast it's like like this is the first interview we've done in a while so it's like mm. what wow, do we want to reflect on and things like that mm. uh, but I think it's a lot of it is thinking about our own creative journey mm-hmm. as far as both trying a lot of things out during our 20s because we moved out here in New York probably almost six about six years ago now it's mm-hmm. so like our six year anniversary Um, And we tried a lot of different things out and even where Spencer and I now landed is a little bit different than when we first started Mm and started getting out here. But I think it's the process of learning to collaborate with others, um, especially in the filmmaking medium specifically. Cause I think uh, a lot of times for people who aren't in the filmmaking space, I think we think about it like, we think about directors like with, uh, with like a capital d right in the sort of sense like oh this person represents this movie particularly mm-hmm. or like the filmography and we attribute it to one person but when in reality filmmaking behind the scenes is that that one director is not the one making all the decisions on set right, as a right. whole filmmaking is a very collaborative medium that like requires so many other people and very talented people to come together and one thing even even though we joke about uh, Fantastic Beats now, at that time, we made that film out of necessity, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, w- uh, moving out here, Spencer and I didn't weren't really integrated with the comedy scene or with the filmmaking scene just yet. And so that film was basically made out of what do, what do we have access to? We have access to a 10-year-old DSLR camera, essentially, at this point. So the camera that we shot at at this point was already very outdated, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we had access to each other, right, mm-hmm. as talent. Um, Spencer's a really funny guy, we could think of on this feet really quickly. Um, I am not, um, but You're I think- but, but, but I have, But I have my little awkward, <laughs> I, 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 I have my own little awkwardness, right, that I feel like that we could play with. And I also know how to, I mm-hmm. out of the two of us, uh, I'm the one that knows how to do camera skills and like a lot of the tech skills. Mm-hmm. So um, we use those sort of things in mind to basically make a mockumentary, right? It's like, well, we have each other, we have this camera, and for a film that the most expensive thing was buying a friend a bottle of Hennessy for thank you, got into film festivals that people spent tens of thousands, like right. ten, tens of thousands yeah. of dollars on, right? Meanwhile, yeah, like we, like yeah, I remember like when one of the interviews we're talking about, like it's like it's like well, like yours is like a micro budget, a micro budget film, and Spencer's like, well, it's more like a macaroni budget film. Like, this is <laughs> no like money. on the next level, like the next level down that you think that mm-hmm. we have when we're saying we have no money. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's through the process, the process of that film and other things that basically got me into fi- uh, graduate film school where I'm at mm-hmm. now, and to collaborate with other folks and learning who I like collaborating with, mm-hmm. how do I like collaborating, and who do I work best with, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, this is a very long-winded answer to saying, <laughs> I I like a lot of people. I could collaborate with a lot of people, but I think even with folks between Spencer and a lot of people I work with now, um, I feel like that I'm just really excited to make the next thing with all those folks, essentially. Um, as much as it would be nice to work with so many other different people and things like that I mean like I think like Ayo Beery is someone that I feel like Spencer and I would be like oh yeah like they seem like homies like I would say mm-hmm. we would be homies if we were ever to meet and things like that uh, but yeah who do you who do you, who do you want to work, want to work with? I think t- to your point
3: uh, especially coming from like organizing backgrounds intentionality and collaboration is so important mm-hmm. very much people who understand that it really does take a village to make a film or to really anything off cause... even to put on a show because yeah, I feel like right, so
1: because right. I mean not to downplay what you're doing but because yeah. I know I think mean, we're talking a lot about films mm-hmm. but like Spencer produces comedy shows out here in mm-hmm. the city like mm-hmm. that's something that he's been doing and Spencer and I we did that pre-pandemic mm-hmm. and but I think since while I've been in film school and like honing in my filmmaking craft Spencer's mm-hmm. been really much out doing like Spencer is next week is, is hosting a comedy show next week so I just
3: spilled all our water I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> But yes, no, exactly. Yeah, to Tyler's point, it really does, it's a family endeavor in that way. So very much people who reflect that understanding that we are coming together to make something that is really the sum of all its parts is really what matters most. And anyone, yeah, to your point, I feel like we've developed such a great chemistry that can really be pushed outward. That Yeah, anyone would be, I think, pretty lucky to work with us. Yeah, definitely. We don't have a lot of money,
1: but... Trying, so. Yeah, we are trying. Yeah, to that's know. true. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and yeah, I mean, I think that also, like, Spencer and I have worked with a lot of really talented uh comedians, actors, and things like and, and such. So, yeah. Yeah. So, and I think we're just continue. We're so excited to continue that sort of journey because I think there's a lot of folks still. In their twenties and thirties, that are still trying to—I mean, we're still in the process of still trying to figure out our own mm-hmm. way and make, hopefully, make this stuff like a full-time sort of process, right? Um, and fingers crossed that will happen in the next few years. You know, and I don't have any wood to knock on, but you know, <laughs> for those that are listening, just knock, <laughs> uh, knock please over. knock on wood for us. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of just leap of faith after you know leaving, being in the Bay Area and then not being in. The, quote-unquote the creative space but then coming together as a as a duo and and saying hey fuck it let's let's just start this you know comedy slash film production um in new york and kind of uprooting the both of y'all's lives there but then can you expand a little bit more of how y'all started to expand those community and start to collaborate more closely with other diverse creators as you got more assimilated in new york um and how was that process like for you both?
1: I mean, I think that a big pro, uh, when coming, so we came out to New York the year after we graduated school. We were in Oakland for about a year to a year and a half. And a lot of the folks we were in the Bay, uh, we either were, e- because a lot of folks we knew from college were either one staying and sticking in graduate school, mm-hmm. some people were moving to other ventures. Um, but also, I mean, what, this was about 2016, 2017. I mean, and I mean, both of of y'all are still based in the Bay, right? like No, uh, no. For the most part.
0: Oh, Dahlia is.
2: Yeah, I'm still based (laughs) uh, in the Bay Area.
1: Um, But I guess Dahlia, I mean, I mean, because like, you know, like the Bay has changed tremendously in the last 10, 15 years, especially. I mean, when we came out, when we when when we were at uh, Berkeley together from like 2012 and on, I mean, there was a lot of tech companies that started coming to the East Bay. I mean, the sort of change in uh, affordability of that city has changed dramatically in the last, I mean, SF you could say in the last like 20, 25 years, but I would say in the East Bay, especially in the last 10, I think Spencer, you just came back from uh, the Bay area. And I feel like that you were ready. And like, that was the first time you were there since pre-pandemic, right? I had to take out a loan to ride the bar. <laughs> That's real though. That's really, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, so, I, so I think we were there at the time that like the a lot of people were figuring out like yeah how do you just even live out mm-hmm. there right um, and I think a big piece of uh, I think this is one thing that I've learned in the process of the last 10 years especially like doing film and things like that is just the privilege of being bored mm-hmm. that I think a lot of artists like we always talk about rest right and rest mm-hmm. is being important and I'm not saying that rest ain't But there is a lot of uh i think i think the privilege of being able to be bored and not do anything is like such a gift right Mm -hmm. and being able to be intentional about being bored Mm because being bored can lead to a lot of really great ideas Mm -hmm. right um even like We we talked about fantastic beats, but fantastic beats came because of a character that Spencer made on his Snapchat, Mm -hmm. like right, like and just through a Snapchat character, and it was through that I'm like, that's really funny. Why don't we make this into a short film, for example? And that's because Spencer was was bored, right, Mm -hmm. like and did something like that. And uh, I think with coming from the Bay and things like that, like we just couldn't afford to be bored too often. (laughs) We were working. Spencer, I remember when we were leaving. I was working, uh, the day job I was working at wasn't paying me a whole, whole lot. Um, and I was working a tremendous amount of hours. Mm. Spencer was, like, working, like, part-time and full-time at the same time at, like, a tech, like, a tech startup that probably doesn't exist anymore. (laughs) Um, and, uh, so when we moved out here, I feel like a big piece of it was, like, uh, one, it's, like, the sort of... Uh, energy that's in new york i mm-hmm. think is very different than the mm-hmm. west coast i think for that was some spencer and i never lived on the east coast before mm-hmm. uh, we both have family members that are out here um, that we've gotten to, to know over the course of time but for the most part we were kind of spencer and i were each other's family coming out mm-hmm. here so i think it was a sort of sense of like we were uh a, accountability for one another but also for us trying to go and expand outward um mm-hmm. one of just like trying to survive in another very expensive city so uh, Spencer and I both grew up in LA area Spencer from Inglewood and I'm from Long Beach um, and then we went to the Bay for college and then ended up out here so Spencer and I have always known we don't know anything else outside of cities mm-hmm. and how expensive it's going and then because I, I think a lot of people were very surprised when we moved out here mm-hmm. like it's like oh why aren't you like it's like why didn't you like living in Cali or something like that it's like well we don't really know at this point like where else would we go to yeah, we're not going to live in the middle of minnesota or something like that like uh no shade, to minnesota. no shade of minnesota i heard minnesota's lovely shouts out to anyone listening to minnesota you know i have not stepped foot in your state um i'm sure that it's lovely uh, uh but uh so a big piece was trying to meet more people mm-hmm. and network but also like a lot of people we ran into we didn't and I feel like it was just a place of not only uh, experimenting, but also figuring out, like, where did we belong, ultimately? Do okay. you feel like yeah. the same thing, mm-hmm.
3: right? Yeah, because uh, one of the things I love so much about New York is that there, whatever you want to do, there's inherently a community already yeah. for it, which is great, but also kind of stressful, because there's mm-hmm. a thousand people who all want to do what you want to <laughs> do. And are like, let's be friends. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, we're enemies. No. <laughs> um, so it instinctively, to Tyler's point, we were able to very much, you know, these connections and various artist collectives. Tyler's a part of um, one called Spicy, for example, and so through them, I believe it's a QTPOC artist, yeah, collective. They have a really great zine and put on a bunch of great programming, and through there, we were able to sort of widen our network and meet a lot of people just on the periphery who also had similar interests and were able to get involved in our work and vice versa. So New York was very much conducive to allowing us to branch out but also forcing us to really take a step back and to your point really assess like what when i'm bored what do i really want to do is it you know do i want to fire up a spreadsheet and you know get all my emails done or is it i want to do a bunch of stupid videos on my tiktok and see what happens what can come from there and perhaps expand that into a spoken word or a stand-up set made us think a lot more innovatively. Mm -hmm. We'll we'll roll with it. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it really made us adapt to not just the environment around us, but really assess our skills and our, you know, where best to apply them, truly.
2: Yeah, it's amazing to hear about, you know, just taking that leap of faith, moving to New York and putting yourself out there by Joining these collectives and being able to also hold each other accountable in this new space, and I think that's that's super awesome. I think it's great that your friendship has evolved. It sounds like with you all in the last ten years, and it's so special that there's been that synergy when it comes to babes on camera in terms of that intention behind that, that storytelling and that the comedy behind it as well. And so I'm I'm so curious to hear. With Babes on camera, you know, what, ideally, you know, what type of stories are you all hoping to bring forward uh, as part of your production company?
1: I think it's one that always prioritizes, I think, one, I mean, Spence, like Spencer was saying, we both come from a sort of organizing background. I mean, Dahlia, me and you know each other from, we were part of a, a, a we were a, directors in a multicultural center for our undergrad, right? And Spencer was the president of Afro House uh, at Berkeley, which is like a, which was a co-op for, for black students. Um, and then Spencer has gone on to do more education and political organizing coming outside of school. Um, and so at the core of everything we do, I think we always want to make sure to center um, uh, diverse voices. Uh, and But I think do it in a way that I hope isn't intrinsically traumatizing Mm -hmm. um I think over the course of a lot of I think one thing that when we first got came out here and all even Spencer and I are both pretty much huge cinephiles I think that's even one thing that we've always had in common which I don't think it was even though when we first started off I think we were, were like like let's do let's make a comedy sort of collective but over time I think it's kind of evolved into something a lot larger um was basically because I think we saw kind of a lack of representation that we want to see and ultimately it's like we want to hopefully get to a point where we can make stuff that is uh, more out of the box and weird. Um, I think that uh, I always remember joking that Spencer and I like always said the phrase like we want to decolonize the word quirky and like Mm -hmm. in this sort of sense (laughs) of like I feel like when we think of like who gets who's, who's allowed to be the privilege and who gets to be weird in our society you know it tends to be white people right uh they tend to be people who like i feel like there's a certain sort of place where like even i mean we were joking about it with Hoochie sweat right coochie sweat's such a ridiculous idea intrinsically but like but i think it was in a way that like we were nervous about sharing that sort of piece by but like it's a piece of like culture that i think like brown and black folks like we can we joke about but like putting that out publicly is like whoa like let's take a hold off how's that unprofessional (laughs) or something like that um but meanwhile like i feel like that a lot of like white comedians and things like that can Literally show their ass, like like show their whole ass, and like they could get away with that sort of thing, right? Um, So I think the big bigger question is like I think we want to make sure that we can tell stories that are a little weird, a little out Mm -hmm. there, and hopefully get to a point that we can do things like that, right? Um, And basically so uh, that we can see folks that look like us essentially to do weird stuff, like to say to do weird uh, different things. We hope to do like both like genre films, but also like dra- like dramas and comedy and basically try to do a sort of mix between all of these sort of things. So.
3: Yeah, really just expand, or not necessarily expand, but sort of explore different areas of art making that you don't typically see people like us, and black and brown people, and these stories, like, you know, <laughs> I often joke, I'm like, I want to do a Lord of the Rings with all black people. like what would that be like but and so that's obviously facetious but very much sort of you know what does it mean to have people of color in high Mm -hmm. fantasy and major roles or to have them in you know weird sort of everyday stories that not necessarily hinge on social issues but aren't without that commentary Mm. so we're not strictly forcing ourselves to become you know this mouthpiece for you know politics or whatever we stand for but and elevating these narratives in a engaging and unconventional and ultimately entertaining
1: way. And I think we've definitely been seeing that over the last decade that even that Spencer and I have been friends. I mean, I think whereas before I think growing up me, uh, we, I think both of us had to kind of find the niche sort of areas and things like that. Um, I think now it's becoming more popularized. I think like when like what since like Get Out in 27 and uh, what that was 2017 at this point and things like that, like there's been a lot more like uh, like black horror films that have been coming off. I mean, even Nope this last year was much more sci-fi horror kind of thing. So like, and then what, with everything all everywhere all at once, you know, with a, like with a, uh, having a woman of color at its lead, mm. but ultimately being a very ridiculous and silly movie, but has such pathos and heart to basically get across some of the themes. I mean, I think we are starting to see a space where the industry is going to accept some of these weirder and set out there stories. And so I think it's been very inspirational for Spencer and I to see like stories that are kind of like off the beaten path starting mm-hmm. to kind of be like more accepted and that ultimately people want to see these sort of narratives too so it, it helps us in a sort of sense to keep our motivation going in the sense of like no people do want these stories they mm-hmm. do want to see stuff that is out of the ordinary like it will be it's not only when it is not only like like successful outside of like just people like spencer and i but like it is financially successful mm-hmm. it's these sort of things that like ultimately people uh, there is demand for it, right? So. Yeah,
3: it resonates, ultimately. We don't always have to um, be, uh, be a coochie swag. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we can be more than rappers. And <laughs>
0: no, definitely. It sounds like a lot of um, babes on camera's mission, and I mean, do correct me if I'm wrong, or add on to it, is like ra- that representation really matters, and how do you use comedy and drama and also... Other forms of genres to really explore and and address some of these social or identity you know issues that BIPOC communities face and and how do you continue to meet that demand so it sounds like it's a very intentional production um, to have that representation in these storylines that you all create whether it's comedic skits um it's it's very needed and it is very much on demand and there has been definitely a rise on having key representation in the media um, per se but i guess more specifically on just the comedy side of things um spencer so when you're creating your comedic skits um how do you find the inspiration to really keep your material um and keep your comedy super fresh and relevant whether it's a stand-up or whether when you know you're coming up with things on the fly as as tyler is filming you (laughs)
3: I honestly don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out. But yeah, I think yeah. what what really helps me and sort of to Tyler's earlier point is that I try to remain inspired by mm-hmm. the people around me and very much the stories that carry me and the stories that I carry. Um, for example, like my mother was also a comedian, so Ooh. growing up in that household always having to be, you know, fight for my life against <laughs> someone who was just <laughs> way hilarious and much more experienced than me. I feel like that always sort of built a sort of ability to turn things on its head very quickly. And as of late, I think it's a lot of just looking at the world and looking at what's missing, but also understanding that with so much going on, how do you find, you know, the light? I very much think of comedy as sort of, you know, light bringing and Mm -hmm. the pursuit of joy very much bringing people together because language is so powerful and I think comedy is one of those real art forms where you Perspective that isn't necessarily talked about or really get opinion across that people may have not considered or they may have been too mm-hmm. a, afraid to say or really want someone else to hear. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I think it's um, constantly really just looking out to the world and seeing my place in it and understanding what I have to offer and how can I do that in a way that doesn't punch down because I feel like it's so, it's so easy to be mean the cheapest thing <laughs> right. Right now, especially since comedy is so popular so much of it I think is cheapened by this opportunity to cause division and really mm-hmm. just be mean to this group that group etc and I think it's just it's bad comedy About serious things or talk about light things, but in a way that you know centers the humor and not necessarily the uh, harmfulness. And so, I always try to think of things in terms of things in terms of like what am I really trying to say here, mm-hmm. and I always run it by Tyler like, is this funny or like, is this to me? And I'm grateful for his perspective.
2: <laughs> or
3: something. you know so he's always great at like really it in and really helping me get to the heart of the joke and not necessarily just resting on the brutality of it
1: and to, i mean to also gas you up a little bit more too i think that spencer as a performer i, I think a lot of comedians really good comedians mm-hmm. aren't af- i think we like i think uh alluded to your first question aren't afraid to get silly or, or not, but ultimately aren't afraid to try new things right um and i think that trying being able to uh obviously you know like have like a like see your nose and things like that but I mean like at a certain point like you, you're, you're willing to almost try anything right and I think that's something that I feel like that it's not only like try different things for a laugh try different things for performance and try to do all these little pieces right that I think makes you I think very successful and a lot of folks that we are that like not only is it being conscious but also being willing and, uh, to try new things um, and I think like that's something that I, I even why I kind of stepped more away from comedy was that I was kind of scared about that sort of stuff. But I, not saying that you're not, but yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm Yeah, yeah uh, but you still you still do it in the face he's of down. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah, he's yeah. down. Yeah, that's it makes it makes all the difference, right? right? Yeah. So, like you can't catch my nipples that much, it, but, you know. Just just saying. You, know, you
0: never you know, know, Tyler. One day it might get you. One there. day. Oh yeah, one day. She, who
1: knows? Never say never. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, I really appreciate that response around, you know, being able to, you know, just try new things, put yourself out there and not be afraid to test things out. I know Tyler mentioned, Spencer, that you're also producing comedy shows out in New York. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what that process has been like to to produce a whole comedy show and, you know, getting people to come, marketing that and, you know, getting the community to show up for that? Oh,
3: absolutely. It is it is my favorite, <laughs> most hated thing. <laughs> it's because there's such a uh, a lot of my professional work has been based in like nonprofit administration and mm-hmm. planning. So a lot of fundraising for nonprofits and student organizations and really galvanizing the people. And so it's something I organi- uh, I really appreciate and really enjoy. So this the I sort of unintentionally cultivated the skills in my day job. Mm. Only until recently, was like, all right, how about I do this for myself, you know, (laughs) Uh, in a different way. Um, So that I just sort of, I think the first time we sort of did it, and I think Tyler, you mentioned it earlier, was prior to the pandemic. In, you know, creating skits and sort of meeting people in New York, we had a friend who would host a show he he provided the venue and we were able to perform and like through there join our networks and just reach out to people and then the pandemic hit so we didn't do anything for like three years (laughs) i just ate ice cream you know played with my cats Um, (laughs) then fresh out uh tyler realized that he wanted to go to school and like I love education but not that much so (laughs) what am i going to do what do i enjoy doing and how can i use the skills that we've built thus far you know seven eight years into our friendship and so it really it started with just performing going to open mics and you know failing miserably but building up that courage and you know learning that sort of mechanism and developing that routine of oh this is what this is how they run the shows. This is what they, you know. This is the amount of time comics get. This is who they put on. This is who they. How they light. This is so learning very much the logistics in real time of a show and sort of taking that. It sounds like I'm stealing. I promise I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but really much going to a bunch of shows and just learning the different ways in which each comic interacted with both the talent but the audience and really how they would frame the shows and how some shows were themed and some shows were more open-ended and some shows were both music and comedy and some were strictly all improv and like Mm. there's a whole bunch you can do and you know event planning especially when it Again, coming back to Tyler and leaning on him and really shooting ideas back and forth. And then I think a bunch of our shows recently started as fundraisers for his projects, which was also very helpful in that we were, uh, we had a built-in support system. So me and a few, a mutual friend of ours, Mona Ahmed, who's also a really good comedian, we started throwing shows to help fundraise for Tyler's various projects. like this a lot and we don't want to wait till like 1 a.m. to do three minutes to an empty room okay. how about we just keep doing this not that there's anything wrong with that I think everybody should do it it's the most humbling experience <laughs> <laughs> um but really much learning from doing I think but that like there's a there's something so special of when you're able to bring people together and especially when you're able to Been, that's what keeps me going. So when I'm sending these emails, like, you know, trying to figure out, hey, you want to do my show? And I'm like, no, I can't. About this date, you know, and I'm like, all right. And then other people are like, hey, I want to do your show, and I'm like, oh, I don't know if you're that guy, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like really coming through the screening process and being able to discern what you want to put forth, because uh, at least for me, a show is. I look at everything that we do as an expression of ourselves and, you know, an output of the soul. So I really try to approach everything the same way, with the same intentionality and the same sort of purpose. And, like, what is the purpose of this? What am I trying to convey? What do I want people to leave with this? If, uh, for example, the latest show we've been doing is called Emo's Anonymous. So it's, as the name implies, it's uh, emo themed, you because, you know, you know pop punk never. So very much, you know, we were collaborating with Mona to build a whole thesis around the show and like the branding and like the identity and like what type of comics do we want to bring on, what type of music do we want to play, how do we want to market this, really what is the soul at the heart of this event and how do we market that and I think that's been the biggest thing I've learned learned both professionally and personally in that it's not always a to, you know, be a su- success, but mm-hmm. if you are working from a place of earnest and honest um, creation and creativity and collaboration, no matter what happens, you're always going to grow from it, and I think you'll always feel good about it, because if you're like, you know what, I did my best, I did my truest, and I remained authentic, and those that get it will show up, and those that don't, mm-hmm. will miss out, and we'll charge them later.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah I mean it sounds like there's so much intentionality, there's so much just purpose anytime you know there's a comedy show you guys are developing or even the people you you want in your comedy shows there's just so much intentionality it has to come, it has to really align with not only with both of y'all's vision but also the ultimate vision of producing the show or the stand-up show and and I think there is beauty in that, it's, you can just... Some people just do do it just because, but the fact that there's so much intentionality and alignment with what you all want to produce, how, you know, how to bring the community together that aligns with you, both of y'all's values, I think there's there's so much beauty into that. So really appreciate that response, Spencer. Um, I guess, yeah, no problem. And I guess going back to the filmmaking side, Tyler, so in King of Games you follow a young latinx kid named hector as he navigates a lot of the changes in family dynamic can you share a little bit about like why was it so important to highlight a story through this child protagonist yeah
1: um so this was the my thesis film Um, we just got hopped off of production just a few weeks ago at this point i think i'm still in the process of recovering because it was such an intense film in the sense <laughs> oh that this no. was the first time that we did uh, and not in a bad way i think it was just a uh, this was my first drama um that i ever directed mm. um mm-hmm. we uh and it was also probably the largest scale film that we've done um the other film that spencer and i did together in graduate school we've made a few others but i think something i wanted to hop on what spencer said a little while ago was like like when talking about like failing at open mics and things like that, by no means am I saying that we failed by any things, but Mm -hmm. we tried a lot of things and things did not work over the course of the last six years that we've been here. (laughs) Seven years people we flew to Oakland kind of think of us doing things together. We have so many skits, so many short films, so many Mm -hmm. ideas that we've tried. They went nowhere or we put them up and we're just like, oh shit, like this is not, (laughs) this ain't, this ain't it. So I think that uh, like, and so I think having not only like one thing that I think we've been learning through our journey is not only the time Yeah, the importance of being bored and like being, being creating space for that sort of rest But mm-hmm. also like mm-hmm. not being afraid to try things and fail and mm-hmm. if it's okay if you fail That's okay because you probably learn something from yeah, it, yeah. Right? Um, right? And I think that one thing that coming off of Coochie Sweat was that making something coming off of Fantastic Beats um, we've now made several films together, Spencer and I together and also apart when, when, I, when I've been in film school. Um, and they've always kind of tried to have some sort of comedic sort of aspect to it. Um, some things working better th- uh, than others. Um, one of the films that we did together was the first film we did was called Grounded, which was a very like a like a micro short. So something It was like basically three, four minutes. We filmed this in the middle of the pandemic when we had, like, a crew of literally, like, four like four or five people on set, and that's including Spencer. Um, we just finished up the, uh, uh, the festival run with that, which was, like, very nice and short. But basically, that film started off as uh, supposedly, like, a horror comedy, which was basically followed this pilot who, after failing a drug test, um, uh, returns home and receives an unexpected visitor in the middle mm-hmm, of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, that was a film that actually was meant to be much more funny than I. it, it, it ended up being. Um, it was. It's really funny when watching it back uh, and through the editing process that we found out that people were like, oh, this is much spookier than I imagined. This was something a little bit scarier than, mm-hmm. and it, it ended up being, the aesthetic ended up being kind of very um, B-movie-esque a little bit because we had such few, we were like trying to film an entire film in the course of just two days, right? Um, mm-hmm but uh i think that that like we kind of leaned into that sort of aesthetic a little bit and the fact that like we you know we are just filming this at our apartment right mm-hmm. um and but i think it was through that sort of process and through doing a lot of different exercises in film school that when i first came into school i was like i really want to do something that is pure like that is like that is, uh, accentuates our comedy and things yeah. like that but over the course of time and exploring and finding things out i like i actually really like like the stuff that i like is like i don't only want to be limited by that right um uh i don't only really want to be defined by that so which eventually also led me to thinking a lot about how I, my own relationship with comedy is a little bit different than spencer i feel like when spencer over the course of time was like this is something that i am really interested in doing and like was uh, continued down that path i found out that my own creative journey was like and doing through the sort of process of finding myself i was like i actually really like the process of telling you stories behind camera not producing Mm. films produce like my own relationship with technology right and using like our cameras and like cameras lighting and this sort of equipment to tell these sort of stories but ultimately like i feel like that this film king of games was kind of a culmination of that like in the sense that like it's probably one of my most personal sort of stories um i am a my parents got divorced when i was a kid um and it was something that was ultimately uh very much a one of my most impactful moments in my own life, which, and I think a lot of times, a lot of people of color, we, divorce is something that is frequent and common, and if not, at least divorce, at least marital problems and things, and and of that nature. But it's something we don't talk about a whole lot. Um, And I was always really afraid of doing something that is a pure drama or just that just that leans on a drama and the sort of sense of stuff that we touched on earlier that I don't want this to be melodramatic, right? I don't want this to be rooted in trauma per se. Um, and so I think even we watched the first assembly cut today at school uh, and which was really exciting. But one thing I think I really enjoyed was the, with the process and I think it's still a really, there's moments of levity, there's, there's a lot of humor that I really like that was both created both in the script, both in my direction, but also just through the performance that we got, that um, I'm very grateful we were able to still have those sort of moments, but ultimately at the core, I think it's a film that's supposed to kind of explore, um, like, like like, basically from the perspective of this young brown kid, essentially, right? Of like something that's much larger than he what he doesn't necessarily understand, right? And a lot of times, we don't necessarily get that sort of relationship um, and we don't necessarily see those sort of things on screen in a a way that is taken with a lot of uh, pathos that it's taken with a lot of heart um, and ultimately is just reduced to the event but more, I wanted to kind of explore like, no, this is a very, very impactful moment of life Mm -hmm. and how can we bring that, how can we feel that as the audience? So um, yeah, I think that's what, so I know that was a very long winded answer to, get to that.
0: No.
2: Point, <laughs> yeah, what, you know, I thought it was really incredible the other day. Both you and Spencer have really focused on the fact that we're not really focused around, you know, the BIPOC experience around the trauma that can happen sometimes, like growing Mary and I have talked about this too with creativity and exploring that in, you know, imagination as escapism or. Um, growing up as well you're really focusing on the joyful parts on you know with comedy bringing a light on you know joy and with this specific story around Hector and being a child a young kid Latinx kid that is grappling with issues that are you know bigger that he understands there's almost like a a sentiment there of keeping it very light um, in this coming-of-age story so I, I really appreciate that focus and what I'm you know learning about your creativity and your process and I, I think something also that stands out in speaking to both of you is how supportive you both are in this dynamic and in this friendship even the fact that Spencer has produced comedy shows to help support your films and you know vice versa the way you share ideas with each other around you know any creative ideas I think is so incredibly you know wonderful so I just you know I want to thank you both for sharing a small light into your friendship because (laughs) it truly is so, so beautiful to hear about that collaboration there. Um, And I guess speaking a little bit about the fundraising aspect, there's a lot that happens behind the scenes, you know, not just, you know, with the, there's the actors, there's the writing, there's the uh, production, the whole process behind the scenes. And so I'm so curious, how has it been, you know, navigating you know, fundraising and being able to fund your short films and your projects?
1: No, yeah, I think that's a really great question. One, I, I think one, yeah, I wanted like, I think even the way, Spencer and I, think, talk about this a lot in this sort of sense as well, as far as like how our own relationship creatively have kind of evolved over the course of time as well, right? Even if Spencer has gone down more meat, like the comedian sort of aspect, the comedy sort of aspect, like I help out producing shows where I can. We also, on top of Emails Anonymous, we just did uh, one called In Living Colored, mm-hmm. right? Uh, which helped, which is one of our main fundraisers, one of the main fundraisers that helped us get uh, fundraise for our for my thesis film for King of Games. Um and I think that one was so successful. Like that one is a show that just kind of won like in playing with the sort of 90s sort of theme um and also in living co- uh, in, in living color like way back in the day like uh we in living color from way back in the day we kind of want to combine like both music and comedy together mm. so we pay, have a lot of friends who are musicians as well as comedians and put a show on together spencer hosted it i helped film it um and i think that was so successful i think we want to definitely bring that back so um at this point now spencer's not hosting one but two different shows in the city which <laughs> is really exciting um, and i'm helping him produce one of them um Helping film both of those but i think the process of because spencer and i i mean i mean i think it was implied earlier we don't come from really great means by any means we work full-time we worked full. i worked full-time throughout most of my graduate school right um which is a fairly for some film programs uh and i even go to brooklyn college too which i'm very appreciative of shouts out to the fiercen graduate school of cinema Um, which is probably one of the cheapest graduate school programs uh, for film in the nation. Um, It's a third of the price of a lot of other private schools. I think that the, but even us talking about like with Fantastic Beats, like we always try to work within our own limitations in every step of the way, ultimately, right? right? I think that dahlia one thing that you mentioned i think was like the cost of production everything costs more money than you think it does right i think without a doubt uh even producing shows in new york city you have to pay for a venue you need to pay for a sound mixer you need like you need to pay for all these little things and that's not even including the sort of the talent if you want to get folks that are a little bit higher name and things and of that sort of nature um and the same thing goes on the film production that as much as i I really love and also hate that I fell, fell in love with film because it's definitely uh, a production that requires so many heads and people which does mean that it requires a lot of more money um, with Fantastic Beats what we were talking about earlier is that we used everything in our limitation an old DSLR camera we had each other right and used what we could to basically put something together ultimately that was still able to I think stand very well and show where we were at at that moment right um, and I've been really privileged to go to a graduate school that I get access to, like, a lot of really great people power, right? A lot of different equipment I never had access to before and things. Um, But a big piece of it was basically either personal investment through our own day jobs, Asking for a tremendous amount of favors on favors on favors. I think the big favor economy um, (laughs) that Sensor and I have ran on is tremendous Uh, for the fact for people that we've asked, uh, we asked help from, from people that we have helped in return. Um, I think a lot of it is in good faith and finding people that you can collaborate with ultimately, especially if you don't come from uh, a... You know like most people don't come from really like big pockets that are behind you uh i think about like a really prolific filmmaker charles burnett a lot i'm really inspired by him but something that he when i have heard him talk before um he talks a lot about how as people of color we don't like we have to make do with what we have in these sort of spaces and but ultimately its limitations that can help bring so many good things out right fantastic yeah. beats would not have happened if we if we had money to pay people ultimately like and like a lot of it we would have we, made a we, worse movie yeah we made we and and honestly like even in film school that was something that i think i found over the, over the course of time is that just because having less limitations on some things actually probably meant to led to like less quality stuff yeah, at times yeah. ultimately yeah. um so i think sometimes we think of limitations as a thing that as, as what they are it's like they stop like as hurdles as, but like ultimately it's like i think they are necessary hurdles and ultimately good hurdles in the sort of sense that um because uh i was grateful for the fear state one thing that fiercen gave us was a, a production grant um, to help make my thesis which is the first time i've made something on that level and between that we put on a fundraiser for Unseeded Spark a few weeks, a few months ago, which we launched, um, and that just wrapped up like a few weeks ago as well. Um, that we were able to make something on a scale that we weren't able to before. Um, and it was through building that sort of network over the course of almost a decade at this point, us putting on shows, us putting on, that basically led to something that we could get to this point. So it's not like something that happened overnight by any means. Um, so, because, uh, yeah, like, I think. Filmmaking is not expensive by any means. Between feeding people, sourcing props, and like right, finding sets right. and locations and all that sort of stuff, um, it's a really I really love the art, uh, but it mm. definitely does require a lot of resources in order mm. to do it. So, I
0: mean, yeah, it sounds like you're just as a duo, and I mean, as as a production, there's just so much resourcefulness with the quote-unquote limitations. But I do think there is you can always do more with less it sounds like y'all have also tapped into y'all's community and i I, I really like the favor economy i've never actually heard of that but i think it's super awesome that you guys have found people who are willing to do these favors because of they believe in the goal they believe in you know the inspiration behind the film or the production so it's just really refreshing to hear that you know how resourceful y'all have been despite the the limitations um, as you guys produce babes on camera as well.
1: Yeah, I think it's been just, a, that's been a big piece of just like trying to- I think when Spencer's talked about it a lot, it's just finding the drive to keep doing yeah. stuff, right? Because yeah. I think that's the hard part, right? Um, and keeping that sort of motivation up. And it's finding that sort of community of people that, I mean, that, yeah, the fact that y'all asked us to be on this podcast and things like that, right? I think it's like, it's like oh, no, like, yeah, we are doing it, right? Yeah. Or like, we are, people do believe in us as we believe in y'all and things like that, right? And being able We to. can't
3: make y'all look bad, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for me. Okay. And I'm like, oh, now we really have to make stuff whether or not like, you guys were yeah. <laughs> like delete the episode. Yeah. Um,
1: but I think it's being able to rely on folks, and you have that sort of community ultimately that uh, that keeps us both not only grounded but also uplifts us up too, yeah. right? So.
2: Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think Mary and I have definitely learned this as we've launched this podcast, like tapping into you know, our, like Berkeley folks. Like Tyler, I reached out to you. Um, we've tapped with, like on the shoulder some other folks as well from like Berkeley days. So, yeah, definitely being able to have that community is so huge, especially, you know, launching a creative project. Um, But as we're, you know, looking to, you know, wrap up a little bit, wanted to just ask a quick question around, you know, we talked a little bit about what you two are working on, um, but would love to hear, you know, where, what are some upcoming projects that you all are excited about? Or, you know, I know there's, we've already hinted at a couple here, but Mm -hmm. some others that, you know, you all are
1: looking forward to sharing with others. Yeah, I mean, the biggest one is, I think, King of Games. We're currently in post-production right now for it. Um, it's going to hopefully have a 2024 launch. Um, there's uh, the largest sort of post-production scale that I have done. We are doing anima- like animations for it. We need to do a score for it, like uh, a lot of stuff that's going into it. So we're hoping for a launch next year and hopefully start doing the festival sort of tour with that. Um, I think Spencer has a comedy show coming up.
3: Yeah, yeah. I have a, a comedy show next week and then one in October. So, I'm going to continue doing that. And again, you know, bringing the community together the community together, and also giving people like us the opportunity to perform. And Bomb just decided it's <laughs> a really lovely thing. Um, yeah, because
1: most Anonymous is next week, right? And then. Uh, there's one in October. Yeah. In October,
3: and I think we're also. Speaking of the favorite economy, Tyler, uh, that was great, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is such a good one. But like, we'll be working
1: on a few friends,
3: like music videos and like other projects as well.
0: Yeah, so yeah, we
1: we're producing and we're gonna be producing and directing various music videos coming up, which we're really excited for, um, uh, which we'll announce all on our Babes on Camera page, uh, at Babes on Camera on Instagram um in addition to putting up some more shows we have i think we're planning on doing a few more in living colored um shows in new york in the future um so we'll have more details on that in the coming months too so i know it's i think it's an exciting sort of time but yeah. ultimately so um.
3: it's, it's fortunate that we're still broke enough and that we can do whatever
0: we we're not beholden to anyone but ourselves. Uh, <laughs> we have no
3: investors. We can <laughs> do whatever, which is great. <laughs>
0: not yet. Be careful what you ask for, though. <laughs> right,
3: sure. uh, you're so right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it sounds so exciting. I mean, it sounds like y'all have a lot like lined up, a lot of exciting things, you know, in the pipeline. So we're definitely looking forward to seeing what's, what's next for Babes on Camera and both of you all as well. Um, but just to close things up, we do have just a couple quick hits um, that we asked all of our guests to wrap thing to wrap up the episode. Um so the first being in five ep- in five words describe your creative process.
1: Oh
3: just me or our we I'm could just... we could let's go back for it. <laughs> oh wait, so what how many words?
1: Five. You start. So like
3: do I get three, do you get
1: two? Yeah, why not? <laughs> um, imaginative. Uh resourceful.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Intentional. Uh uh Quixotic. SAT word mm-hmm. right there. Oh <laughs> 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 um, damn, uh, hilarious. Awesome. No, that's five.
2: Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was five. So that's why Tyler does the. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. You, you did political science. That's not a real STEM. So. Uh... <laughs> that's so
0: funny. And, and where can our audience find you all on social media? So you can find we're
1: all kind of just on Instagram for the most part. Uh, so we could all of the babe stuff can be found uh, at babes on camera on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at your Mine's
3: at swap meet shaman uh, the emo's anonymous comedy night is can be found at emo comedy night and we're all we all share our stuff so i'm sure you can follow <laughs> on. Whole, it's like a three for one deal <laughs> <I>
0: love it
2: <laughs> yeah like we said we're, we're so thankful for the time here and we're we're so excited to stay updated on your upcoming projects and who knows like maybe we'll have a, a part two once you know the the film is released so we can talk about what that post-production time was like um but like i said i I really appreciate it and you know spencer shout out for creating that comedic space for for people of color out there you know it's typically dominated by a lot of white folks so it's nice that y'all are cultivating that community out there um but again thank you all so much for joining and i'm I'm excited to continue to stay connected with you all yeah thanks tyler thanks spencer
0: this was wonderful appreciate it thank you so much Thank you for tuning in. Creator Corner is a podcast production presented by the ARS Network. It is hosted by Dalia Zaragoza and Mary Figueroa. This podcast is edited and produced by Muhammad Abdullah Kawish.